In today's featured conversation, Logan Motoshami and I discuss recessionary concerns for the U.S. economy, the latest housing market data, and economic outlooks for homeowners. If you're not familiar with his work, Logan is a housing data analyst and financial writer whose work is frequently featured on Bankrate.com and Bloomberg Financial. Logan is a lead analyst for HousingWire and has spoken at AmeriCatalyst, the California Association of Realtors, and other economic conferences. This was a great conversation, and I hope you'll enjoy it as much as I did. Logan, before we get into the fifth recession red flag you just recently raised, um, let me just ask you flat out, are we in a recession? No. Technically, we've never had a U.S. recession where industrial production, real sales, and employment are all rising. Uh, and that's kind of the data that we've had you know, in, uh, from January to now. Data lines are getting weaker, though. That's, that's for sure. But if it seems like the Federal Reserve isn't like panicking about the um, the economic data yet, it's because we're not technically in a recession. If you look at the history of economics, usually uh, real sales, industrial production, and employment are all falling negative, kind of toward uh, together. Uh, it's not the case. Uh, uh, employment is still, you know, we're still producing jobs. Uh, production is still uh, going. Uh, retail sales, even cons consumptions are still positive. So we are at a later stage of the economic expansion, of course, and some of the data lines have gotten weaker, but uh, technically a recession isn't two quarters of negative GDP. It's really kind of two quarters of economic uh, decline in total activity. And I think people are confused about that because they saw the negative uh, GDP in the first quarter and then second quarter, you know, it's a toss up if we're positive 3% or down slightly. Um, so we're not technically or legally in a recession currently. All right, so we're not technically in a recession, but you did recently raise your fifth recession flag, which you talked about in detail on the Housing Wire Daily podcast a few days ago. You've written about it as well. For anyone who may have missed that conversation or your recent articles on this, what flag did you just raise and, and why? So what I my first primary work is look, working on economic expansions and recession cycles. That's kind of the big reason I, I do everything. Now, uh, if you look at the history of U.S. economics, there is a certain group of data lines or events that happen before a recession. I, I call it the six recession red flag model. Um, you know, the first one is you know, unemployment rates get to a certain percentage for me. Uh, the second one was the Fed starts its Fed rate hike process. It's a more mature expansion at that point. Number three, the inverted yield curve, which is more of a marketing uh, a timing event. You know, I was on inverted yield curve watch since November of last year. We got that. That's checked off. And then you want to look at where's the big overinvestment or, or booming demand sector in each economic expansion. We see that in durable goods spending, retail sales, uh, uh, all these stay-at-home companies that, that had a massive boom because we, uh, we purchased their goods. And, you know, I always use the Peloton effect uh, as a form of talking about a job recession and a company uh, leaving, uh, firing people. Peloton had booming demand. It, 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 demand couldn't be sustained. Inventory buildup, they had to let people go. You try to kind of want to keep it simple as that uh, with, with the fourth recession red flag. Now, the last two are always the most important ones, um, five and six. And, you know, I, I'll go back to the housing bubble years, not the uh, COVID-19 uh, uh, recession. That was very brief. Uh, 2006, uh, the last two recession red flags were raised for me back then. So I was on the sixth recession red flag 
model uh, going. The recession didn't happen until toward the uh, end of 2008. Here, the fifth recession red flag is housing starts and new home sales typically fall into a recession. The builder's confidence index has been declining. Today, we had a, a very surprising new home sales report, but you could kind of see that the builders are kind of going to slow things back down with mortgage rates rising. Uh, that traditionally happens going into uh, every recession. It's not going to be the 2005 buildup, 82% crash in new home sales, massive supply situation, but you can see a pausing of what the builders do. And then the sixth recession red flag is, is the leading economic index is a set of 10 data lines. Traditionally, uh, before every single recession, these data lines move down uh, four to six months. So we've had one or two months uh, of decline, nothing very big in nature, but you can kind of see the economy slowing down. And partly the, the, the Federal Reserve kind of wants that to kind of make sure that the rate of growth of inflation falls. So we're at that stage. Uh, it, it's much different than, you know, of course, COVID wasn't an economic recession, that was a health crisis. The housing bubble years was a credit bubble that needed deleveraging. We don't really have that. We have excesses in a few sectors of the economy. Of course, crypto has fallen out. Uh, durable goods spending will come back down to normal. So there isn't a, that type of dynamic of leverage. Uh, so, but leading economic index traditionally always falls. Uh, uh, and the data lines that are the components of that are starting to get weaker. So once the sixth recession red flag is raised, then I'm on recession watch. It's not, it's not actually recession. We're on a, technically a recession watch then because it's a progression model. I'm not here to like glory hound on recession calls or stuff like that. We want to show people what the history of economics is. And these are the things that traditionally happen. This way you take all the noise out of the kind of the boom and bust crowd uh, uh, of the internet, and we bring it back to very boring economics, right? Because economics done right should be very boring. It's not really designed to be this really exciting thing. Uh, and I think people lose perspective of that. But again, the fifth uh, recession red flag was raised. The builder's confidence have fallen down. Housing permits and starts are slowing down. So we'll, we'll, we'll deal with the sixth recession red flag next. But as of now, again, the economy is slowing, not in a recession. The Federal Reserve is hiking. They're very aggressive. So you kind of do the math of previous expansions. That's how recessions typically uh, uh, occur. So we just need to keep an eye on the last few data lines left. So talking a little bit about builder confidence dwindling, in contrast to some other analysts that I've heard, you believe that while housing inventory is obviously low, historically low, and that it, it is rising, we should note, um, you argue that we're not underbuilt. Can you explain that and, and why that matters? Well, the builders only build off of their demand curve. And what I mean by their demand curve, they only care about selling new homes. So uh, total inventory in America actually collapsed to kind of all-time lows. 
uh, in 2020. So the timing of it was the worst possible ever because we have the biggest housing demographic patch ever, mortgage rates are low. So home prices has accelerated. Uh, in the previous expansion, the builders had the weakest new home sales sec uh, cycle ever. They missed sales in 2013, 14, and 15, and then in 2018, they had a supply shock. So the when when people say the builders didn't build enough, that's actually not true if you look at them as their business model. So they just build slow and steady and they just try to make as much money as they can. The existing home sales market is actually their competition. So uh, if you look at it in that light, uh, existing inventory is increasing, working from all time lows. So we're not even back to either 2012, 2014, 2016, or even 2018 levels. So we have, we have a way to get back, uh, getting listings back up to there. But the builders look at it differently. They say, well, well, those homes, there are a lot of them and they're cheaper than ours. So we have to be a little bit more careful now that mortgage rates gone from 3% to 6%. And you can see their confidence is dwindling. Cancellations haven't picked up too much yet, but they're just a little bit mindful. But I always stress to people, new home sales is still historically very low, actually. Uh, it's below the 2000 recession. Uh, so there isn't a like a booming 2002 to 2005 market. So we have to treat it that way, that when you have a very low new home sales, uh, there isn't kind of like this boom or bust uh, a cycle that can happen and more of a grind. And the builders are managing their uh, construction. Of course, we all know uh, housing construction has been delayed because completions can't get done on a, on a timely basis. So the builders actually have like months of supply that is just kind of either under construction or they haven't started yet. So it's unlike the previous expansion where housing starts, new home sales, credit, prices, completions all move together. So the builders are just taking a step back and they're just gonna make sure that, you know, they don't have too much inventory where they cut down on their margins too much because it's a business and they don't look at it as, you know, this is not like the March of Dimes where they just, you know, get funded. They only get funded by the uh, product they sell. So that's why the confidence has fallen down so much. They just wanna make sure they don't build too many homes and get themselves in a situation where they have to cut prices so much. So starts will reflect the, the demand, which is dwindling at the moment, is what you're arguing. What's going to happen to completions or what, what is happening to completions at the moment? Now, completions are picking up because they lag, uh, uh, which is which is uh, it, it's, a, it's a weird phenomenon. Housing starts and permits are actually going to go below uh, completion soon just because we're just finishing up all these homes that were in the process. So that part will catch up, but the permits are slowing down and the starts are slowing down. And with 6% plus mortgage rates, you can understand why the builders are a little bit more mindful of everything now. Uh, life is good for the builders when their monthly supply is under 4.3 months because they could sell the products, things are moving fast, they're okay, they build out. Here, the mortgage rates just shot up very fast on them, so they're a little bit more mindful and that's why their confidence has fallen down. So we'll see what happens if rates come back down within this year or next year, so we'll we'll deal with that process then. But right now, it makes total sense why the builders would be pausing on future plans of construction until they get all these products that they're finishing up uh, sold and off the books. Sure, sure, sure. So we're not in a recession now, but five of the six recessionary flags have been raised, and that doesn't necessitate a recession, but it you know puts you on recession watch, as you said. I've heard you argue that recessions tend to impact non-high school graduates, mostly. Um, so renter profile, right? Not a homeowner profile. And you backed it up by referencing unemployment data for homeowning college graduates. Can you share your thoughts on how, you know, if we were to officially enter a recession, that would actually impact the housing market, both from an origination and servicing perspective? So 
rates traditionally fall. And because we have a supply of loans that are uh, above four and a half, five, and now 6% mortgage rates, uh, what will happen is you'll get a kind of another refinance, not like a mega wave, but you'll you'll have some people that can be able to refinance that. And that's just following every traditional uh, economic expansion and recession. Um, what will happen is the homeowners on paper look really good, right? And when you look at the unemployment rates, unemployment rates, the highest unemployment rates come from those that are tied to renter financial profile. So uh, typically the renter uh, will lose their job and then the either the investor or the landlord gets hit on that side. How much they can handle, can they find somebody uh, right away to replace that? Uh, I, you, you have to look at it in this context. Majority of Americans are always working, right? And rental vacancies and home vacancies are really low. You know, uh, so uh, the rental side is is more prone to stress, and we saw that during even even COVID, uh, forbearance has collapsed. You know, we're 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 almost completely out of that 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 program altogether. But in a job loss recession tied to consumers, you know, the tech industry, of course, can get hit right now. You see, a lot of their stocks get get crushed. But that's where you would see the stress in the marketplace. Uh, uh, going out. Uh, again, you're always going to have what we call late cycle lending in, in housing where the last home borrower bought right before a recession, low down payment if he loses a job, doesn't have a lot of selling equity. That's a traditional housing risk. But in scale terms, uh, you know, when you have 11 and a half million job openings, this is not the 2008 uh, job market where, you know, job openings were at 2 million. Um, our aging demographics actually give us the need for labor. And what that means is, like I've, I've always talked about, there is no Dorian Gray labor market. Everyone ages and they die off. That's just the way humans work, right? So the baby boomers are leaving the workforce. They need to be replaced. And then on top of that replacement uh, uh, worker, there's if demand is growing, we need more. And that's part of the reasons why job openings have been rising really since the lows in 2009 all the way here. So the labor market is going to have much more dynamics. Think of kind of like the recession in 2000. Um, where, you know, in that, in that environment, inventory actually fell, rates fell, there was a refinance, housing demand stabilized, rates went lower, kind of something to that nature. You don't have the credit leverage bubble on homeowners. I know a lot of people talk about investors, that that's a whole different segment uh, uh, out there, real estate investors compared to traditional homeowners. So the homeowner, again, is going to be in a, in a very good spot in that, in that regards. But when rates fall, you should see a pickup in uh, refinancing because the supply of higher loan, uh, supply of loans that have higher rates are are picking up every month with with the new purchases. The question is, what? How low do rates actually go? You know, if you look at the last four decades, mortgage rates have fallen two percent plus from the lows of each cycle. That's going to be pretty much impossible now because rates got to two and a half percent. We're talking about like a two a quarter mortgage rate. But you know, getting back to the four, something in that nature. Uh, uh, my concern is actually whatever inventory we have increased, some of that gets taken away, and then we're stuck in this kind of uh, still historically low uh, inventory level. And you could everyone sees what's happening with home prices. Um, people had anticipated home prices to be falling this year. Guess what? <laughs> we're still at double digits. You know, the last existing home sales market is, is running at near 15%. The case shiller index, which lags, is running at 20%. So people are confused, but that's why you have to focus on the total inventory data. 
uh, and why it's really, we have to get back to 2018, 19 levels just to be back to normal. We're not quite there yet. That's something that can possibly happen next year. But again, when you're working from these lows, it's, it's savagely unhealthy because again, you have the forced bidding of homes and that's starting to go away, which I think is a positive. Uh, but we have a lot of work to do just to get back to the pre-COVID era. And then that is a normal balanced housing market using the NAR data is about 1.52 million to 1.93 million monthly supplies over four months. That would be a traditionally normal market. We're a little bit under 1.2 million currently right now, uh, 2.6 months of supply. So we're working our way back up there, but we're not quite there yet. So just to hit it again, because you've touched on rates potentially coming back down to the fours, you know, home prices continuing to remain fairly unhealthy because we may or may not actually see growth in the inventory over the course of this year. As you look out at the horizon, where do you see rates and home prices especially ending up at the end of this year? Well, it's we're we're kind of halfway into the into the year. So traditionally, when home prices uh, decline, you know, you, you see growth rates really falling and then the decline actually would happen in the in the following year. We're not we're obviously not anywhere close there. Uh, when you look at the weekly data from Redfin and Realtor.com, uh, up until June 19th, you're still seeing uh, uh, median sales prices and listings uh, uh, 14, 15, 16 percent uh, rates in itself. I uh, you know what, what what I believe has happened is that the 10 year yield and the and the mortgage rates have gotten well ahead of the Fed, and people are now doubting that the Fed will actually get to their uh, target levels of rate hikes. Uh, it, when the economy really starts to weaken, uh, they'll change their tune. But right now, their full fo focus is on fighting inflation. And we had inflation last year, and mortgage rates and bond markets didn't really take off. It was kind of after that Russian invasion uh, of Ukraine, and the Fed was pivoting that bond yields and mortgage rates got well ahead of the Fed. And for anybody that wants to look, there's a big difference between what's happening now than let's say in 2018, when the Fed was raising rates slowly, the bond market went up, mortgage rates went up, mortgage rates and bond market well went ahead of there. And now it's this tug of war. This is the, this theme for this year. Uh, can the economy stay firm enough for the Fed to do all the rate hikes they want? Or are they going to cry uncle? Majority of the people are saying they're going to cry uncle and reverse. And we're already seeing future prices of rate cuts happening in 2013 or 2023 and, and 2024. And even the Fed members have talked about that as well. So we're just in this very unique situation where the economy is slowing down, but the Fed is fully focused on trying to bring down inflation. So they're kind of for now ignoring that, uh, where traditionally th that would have been the case. Uh, they would have been uh, they would have stopped their rate hikes at this point. Uh, but that's not their their main concern is price stability because the labor market is still creating jobs. They're focusing 100% on that. Logan Moshami is the lead analyst at Housing Wire. You can find more of his writing at housingwire.com and, of course, hear him regularly on Housing Wire's suite of podcasts. Plus, you can listen to a more in depth conversation from earlier this year on our founders podcast, Batting a Thousand with Dale Vermillion. Logan, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts. Keep up the great work and come chat with us again soon. My pleasure. Thank you.